Ah, welcome to episode two of the number one hockey podcast. We really wanted to give you a theme song, but we're recording this during the second intermission of the Flyers Sabres game, and we're all really depressed. So there won't be an, an intro this time. Again, maybe some other time. Anyway, here's Jason. We can always use metal music. I think that would be nice to everybody. Yeah, um, so we do have another exciting announcement. Um, we have another member joining us, Ben Scalina, John Cheddar on uh, on Twitter. So I'm going to pass okay? it over. Are you okay using, with us using your real name? Yeah, that's good. Well, it is now, so Dust. it's out there now. Uh, I'm going to pass it over to him as he says a few words of hopefully encouragement for the Flyers um, to make us feel better. Hashtag don't dox cheddar. Uh, yeah, I thought nothing could ever make me sad after Saturday night's Penn State game, but the Flyers are doing a really good job by getting just absolutely railroaded by the uh, Sabres right now. So please, Michael Delzato, come back soon. Please. Yeah, it's uh, it's been really, really ugly. So we're going to have a, a fun show, uh, I think. Let's start off. We'll, we'll do a season recap. So far, what you think we've looked like so far? Has it been kind of what you thought it was going to be? Are you worried? Are you panicking? We'll kick it over to Doc P over here. Uh, yeah, so overall, uh, as I'm sure everybody is, not too pleased uh, with the start of the season. But, I mean, this is pretty typical, honestly, for the Flyers for the past number of years. Uh, they've always started off slow, kind of really struggled out of the gate, weren't really sure what they were doing, weren't really sure what their identity was. Um, this year's kind of really especially disappointing because we kind of had higher expectations. Uh, the defense is going to be better. We have these young guys coming in. A um, few guys have played well. I mean, Jake Forochek's played very, very well. Uh, Travis Konechny has played very, very well. Uh, Provarf has shown some flashes. Um, Mason's played well. But overall, um, team pretty disappointing. Defense has really not come to play. Um, they've allowed, I think, more than three goals in every game and just have disappointed overall. So, um, yeah. Overall, I guess, great for the team. I'd have to give... And Hackstall. And Hackstall specifically. Um, yeah, Hack, uh, maybe a C-, minus, um, maybe a D+. Plus. I mean, overall, the deployment has been not that fantastic, and the lineups um, haven't been optimal. So, yeah, I'd have to say like a D+. Plus. Not not very pleased so far. Um, yeah, it's not going to be much more than a D+, plus, C-. Minus. Uh, Andrew McDonald continues to play way too many minutes and actively... Ruins everything on the ice and in my life. Um, you know, Shane Gossespair. I mean, it, Jason tweeted something out that, like, Gossespair away from AMAC is a 57% Corsi player, and he's with him. He's 47%. I mean, just, like, I don't know what you can see. Andrew McDonald has numerous terrible turnovers in this game. The great thing is that they have no choice but to sit him when MDZ comes back. you got to send him down. Like, there's no – they can't even – try to sugarcoat it or keep him because of how well Brandon Manning's playing. Hashtag good start for Andrew Manning. <laughs> for Brand for Brandon Manning. Um, the the issue with us for the season is that the like, you know, Connecting's look great, Voracek's look great. Uh, and then after that it's like, oh Brandon Manning's playing really well. And that's probably why we're about to go down to two, four and one. It's just been, you know, it's been really sloppy. I, we've talked about how just it's about making it through those first 10 games, how it's always been. And I guess the, I just have to kind of continue to tell myself that, that maybe if they can be average or just not be completely in a crater by the time the 10 games are over, things should uh, should get a little bit better. But certainly hasn't been fun, except for that, uh, you know, the Carolina game, which I didn't even get to watch. So it's uh, been kind of a bummer so far. And uh, yeah. 
Yeah, um, I'll get the hacks grade at the end here. I think that as I watch the lineups come out every night, this is exactly what I expect them to look like. I think that you see the Flyers are actually maintaining um, a, like a positive Corsi event ratio because one line is dominating, right. dominating. And it's like 70, 80 percent sometimes. But they're, the bottom six has they have no chance to score. They will never score. They might score zero goals this year at the way they sit right now. They can't cycle the puck once they get in the offensive zone. They can't get through the neutral zone. And they get caved in defensively. So even when they have good defensemen out on the ice. So they've got to do something different with that bottom six immediately because that's terrible. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Hackstall, I, I give him, quite frankly, I give him an F. This isn't even hard anymore. We've watched Andrew McDonald for, what, three or four years now be the worst player in the NHL. It's not a secret. Every time he plays, he's horrible. Every single time. Sometimes they lead to goals. Sometimes we have Mason bail him out. That's, that's number one. Uh, number two, he has some weird refusal to bench Chris Vandevelde, who is a zero-event player. He doesn't take any shots. He doesn't have any assists. He doesn't, he doesn't hit anybody. He does absolutely nothing when he's out there. I, I think it's an absolute F. And, and I believe in Hackstall because I believe his system and, and what he preaches actually is the right way to play hockey now. But it should be a pretty alarming cause for concern that he doesn't understand um, what to do with, number one, his bottom six, and also that he can't figure out which players are dragging the rest of the team down. Oh, Dan wants to add something. That's exciting. Nah, it's really just, if you think, if like, do you think if Chris Vandevelde played hockey at South Dakota, he'd be on the team still? No, he wouldn't, right? It'd be, it's just not, the guy was a, career minor leaguer who couldn't even break Edmonton's lineup when they were the worst team in the league. All of a sudden he gets, it's not even a question that he gets regular minutes on our fourth line and penalty kill. So, uh, yeah, just like stop doing that. Stop playing bad players so much. And it's something that all NHL coaches have too. It's it's insane. And here is is the new guy, John Cheddar. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I do have to agree that Brandon Manning is weirdly, bizarrely the bright spot of the season or, like, the big surprise. Um, I think Travis Konechny has looked totally awesome, which if you watch the preseason or watch them last year or watch them in the World Juniors is kind of not surprising. I think people who watch this stuff really were aware of how good he was. And Provorov has had a couple horrible games with horrible big mistakes, but overall has been good. And then, you know, Jake Vorchek, obviously Sean Couturier is awesome. But, yeah, Brandon Manning, A-plus so far this year. Uh, Pierre-Edouard Belmar is not a third-liner, Dave. Please stop using him there. Chris Vandevelde is not an NHL player. Please stop using him there. Um, Robin Lubimov is very good. Please use him more. Um, and then, yeah, Andrew McDonald, just, God, send him to Siberia. Like, put him in a gulag. I don't know if they have those still, but it's very disrespectful to everyone who's ever been in a gulag. But that's where <laughs> that's, that that's where Andrew <laughs> – Yeah, you can't edit that out. Sorry, Dan. Sorry, John Barchard. Um, Andrew McDonald, just, God, get him off this hockey team. He's so bad. Um, Shane Gosh is better, kind of – is he getting dragged down by Andrew McDonald a little bit? Uh, they need to make some adjustments on the power play, I think. Um, but yeah, they're missing their they're missing their top two defensemen until tonight when Gudis has looked good. So, and then as far as Hack, I'll give him. I'm not as harsh as you guys. I'll give him a C minus. 
because uh, the lineup optimization issues stink, but he's also had his two best defensemen out, um, and Scott Lawton's been out, and people keep getting suspended left and right, so Raffles out. So, yeah, two of his top nine forwards are out. So I'll give him – I'm not as harsh a grader right now, but, uh, yeah, that's sort of my thoughts. <clears throat> yeah, um, so – I'm going to kick it right back to you. I want to know who you think, and just pick one one player and why, who you think the MVP of the season has been so far. So without that person, we'd be in more trouble than we're kind of in right now. I would actually go Voracek. I think every time the puck touches his stick, something uh, really sexy is happening, like these highlights that we're watching from the second period when he was the only player on the ice with a pulse. Um, but, yeah, he's looking to get to the middle of the ice every time on the rush. Um, his hands look better than they've ever looked. He's had some really nice dangles, which have never really been a part of his game. He's always been sort of a passer, um, but he's been getting to the juicy areas and making stuff happen on that line with Couturier, and they seem to have a real good connection. So I go Jake as the MVP. Um, I think I'm going to go Sean Couturier. Um, he's been by far our best player in terms of advanced metrics. He's starting a ton still in the defensive zone and immediately pushing the play up ice. Um, he's very clearly, along with Jake and Travis, I mean, he's not he's not dragging anybody by any means, but he's definitely the catalyst on that line because um, he can play both ways at such a high level. And this is very clearly his breakout season. Um, <clears throat> he's finally saddled with two really good players on his outside. And without that entire line, the Flyers are looking, per- <laughs> they might not have any wins, honestly. That's how, that's how good that this line has truthfully been. It's gonna be it's gonna be exciting when we finally do have kind of that healthy lineup come back into play. At, it's never gonna happen. <laughs> at this point, with the suspensions and the injuries and the NHL suspending people for wearing Flyers jerseys, it never ends. Um, I also players you can't do that. You can no, you definitely cannot do that. I do want to say one thing. I, again, I want to point out something that the beat writers don't do. They never ever. They just write. They just write pressers. That's it. They just tell me stuff I already know, just because I'm already watching the game. But is can anybody grow up and ask Dave Haxtall why Chris Vandeveld is in the lineup, and not ask him once? Ask him after practice, after after this game, after the Phoenix game or the Arizona game. Ask him what? Why is he? Despite getting caved in on A, B, and C, you're still going to play him. Why? Make him answer the same question. It's their responsibility to speak for the fans, and the fans want to know why the hell is this guy in the lineup? He's playing like garbage every shift. He doesn't have any creativity at all. It's uh, no, it's just something I wanted to add. So we'll kick it over uh, to Joe here. Uh, yeah, I'd probably agree uh, that Borchek's been the the best player on the team. I mean, Woo! clearly the most exciting. I mean, that line uh, of Travis Konechny, Sean Couturier, and Jake Borchek has been. Um, far and away the the best line on the team. I mean, you can see some flashes with with Claude. I mean, he has I guess five or to five or seven assists. I guess something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really been by far that second quote unquote line um, that has taken over the play of every single game. I mean, I was I was going to make the argument for Steve Mason, um, but he's really only had one win. I mean, and he's bailed out Neuwirth in a couple games who's been pulled. So he's clearly the the number one goaltender on this team. But as far as the um, as far as the MVP, it's got to be Jake. I mean, he's made plays that we've seen him make before, but I think not of it, even not with this frequency. I mean, just making them every single game, um, almost every single shift. So he's, I think, far, far away the, the MVP. Scott Lawton was your choice? Scott Lawton. Thanks. <laughs> uh, since everybody's going with Jake or Couturier, I guess I'll say Matt Reed. Still carries over from the first four or five games. He's got, you know, he's got goals. Won't continue, but... It's 
cool. You know what? We got to give a little bit of love to Matt Reed. Um, meet, meet Reed. Yeah, Meat Reed. Sorry. Sorry. Copyright Meat Reed. Um, yeah, and I really, for me, it's obviously Jake Voracek and Couturier. And Konechny has just been such, like, he was the dynamic player that they needed skill-wise for that line just to make it complete. And now we have as, you know, we have as good as top six as you could ask for. Um, would like to see, you know, have a have another score on there, but it he was really the the missing piece for it, and you feel like that line is if they're not going to score a goal every time on the ice, they're going to create a high percentage chance. They're the only line that consistently carries the puck in and makes the def, you know the other team back up in fear because they don't you know they're afraid of what of how they might embarrass them if they step up. You know either they're actually they they turn opponents into Andrew McDonald, which is cool. It's nice to see that uh, you know the other team have to suffer through that, um, and it's only a matter of time before Konechny gets that first goal. He was close in this game. He's, you know, he's it's close, and he's you can see the talent with him. He obviously belongs in this league, and it's he's going to be a really good player for us moving forward. So, it's yeah, it sucks for the first five games right now or six games right now, but um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm cautiously optimistic we can turn things around in December. And uh, in January, hopefully we're not too far down in the standings, especially once MDZ comes back and we have a, you know, we have our real first pairing and um, guys like Andrew McDonald and Nick Schultz can't play anymore. And, you know, Mark Streit's been terrible too, but I guess he's going to be staying in because he's paid a lot of money and there's only one year left. And, and uh, yeah, he could be a, a trade, trade bait guy at the deadline, but he really provides some solid veteran leadership He's got the A on his jersey, and you just you can't teach that, and you can't take it out of the lineup. So, um, yeah, I guess that's it for me for this one. <laughs> I, I do. I also kind of want to harp back really quick on just some of the some of the options that Hackstall has, especially now when you have some of these guys suspended and injured, and you're looking to shake something up. And very clearly, the it, it's it should be no secret this is, they don't pass the eye test, which is usually the barometer for most casual fans that the bottom six is doing absolutely nothing. A guy like Lyre, uh, Taylor Lear, a guy like Jordan Wheel, right? These guys can come in and create some type of spark with just simple speed. They're just, they have it. Um, instead, we're just remaining status quo. And that's what's the most frustrating for me is that we're, we're unwilling to try um, and get away from, you know, the glue guys. The, and the we do yeah exactly and and we can bring him up we can we can wave chris vanavelli no one will miss him i promise and, and that's the most frustrating thing for me so i want to ask uh this is gonna be a more fun question um because that's what we kind of want to do on this podcast is have f- more fun questions than you know the games that you're already freaking watching anyway right yeah well it, it is buffalo and i don't i can very so i'm gonna ask you this i'm gonna kick it off with joe um, because he usually has the best answers for this, but um, if you could pick a Flyers goal song, so everyone's going crazy. Flyers have just scored to take the lead. What do you want to hear that's gonna jack you up? And if you want to sing it, that's fine. It's the op- optional, optional. Please note, please note, optional. Uh, well, if you follow me on Twitter, which uh, if you don't, um, you're dead to me. Um, <laughs> but a couple of years ago, I posted a number of fantastic options um, for the Flyers goal song. Uh, one of which was um, Arms Wide Open My Creed, uh, which was it's a fine option, I think, but I think it's a little out of date now, um, so I wouldn't necessarily say it. Uh, another was a more serious option, um, The Sound of Philadelphia, um, a little more doo-wop-y and a little, yeah, a little more closer to home. 
Um, another option, which I think I'm more and more serious on, is the Action News theme song, <laughs> uh, which is far and away the best one. Uh, but if you want my true and honest answer, it is the King of Queens theme song, um, which would be the perfect, perfect anthem uh, for Flyers games. I mean, just, you know, my eyes are getting weary, my back is getting tight. You know, it would just be the perfect way to get fans in the Wells Fargo Center, the Farg, if you will, jacked up for a Wayne Simmons goal. Um, so that's my option, uh, King of Queens theme song. Um, I'll kick it off to Dan to see what his option is. Really difficult to follow that. Um, so so my first thought is that it should be the um, four Philly sports podcast intro. That should be the uh, that should be the goal song. And it should be the whole thing. Yeah, shout out Jeff Monster and the whole gang, Chris Huber. You got it right. Um, I, I think that should be it. And it shouldn't be just be the, like, oh, did the Flyers get a shutout? It should be the whole song from beginning to end. And we might be able to splice that in here at some point later if John Marshall can do his thing. But, um, you know, uh, for, for real, though, for me, it's always been Thunderstruck by ACDC. It's a real easy one. I don't know if it's really ever been done. But it's just, you know, they play ACDC for literally everything else during the game and beforehand. So why not have Thunderstruck be your be your goal? I'm always Thunderstruck with goals. You know, it Thunderstrucks, Thunderstrucks every piece of my body into, you know, so Thunderstruck, baby. ACDC, love you. Thunderstruck! Thunderstruck! Yeah, 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 Thunderstruck! Okay. 20,000 people chug their beers aggressively. Um, yeah, I think that actually is a terrific idea i don't know how to follow either of those two um i was actually gonna say nickelback because they're pretty much the official band of the nhl at this point um so yeah so obviously i think hero by nickelback featuring josie scott would be uh from the spider-man contract uh, uh soundtrack would be a great option um but uh in all seriousness um either the sunday nfl countdown theme which um <laughs> Which is a lot of fun, or um, or just any really artist from Philadelphia. So uh, Meek Mill obviously is our finest export. Um, Philadelphia Freeway would be another great option. The Roots, obviously, maybe an original Roots song, something new, um, or even dare I say, Daryl Hall and John Oates. John Oates, Adam Oates's cousin, I believe. Um, yeah, so th- that's where I would go with goal song. So I always view, ever since I was little, my parents would have to tell me to shut up because I was screaming so loud because the Flyers scored a random goal in February against the Ottawa Senators ever since I was like eight. Um, but it's always it's such an event for me when the Flyers score a goal. And so I like that when they score, it's not just like some kind of microwaved EDM song. Whatever they pick now is a complete embarrassment. Um, so I would... Uh, drop a flaming motorcycle into the middle of the ice while playing Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue. And that's all that one. We wouldn't move the motorcycle, and if we scored a ton of goals, then it would obviously make the game a lot more challenging. But that's what happens when you come to Philadelphia. You have to skate around the cycles, okay? That's what it is. So Kickstart My Heart by uh, by Motley Crue is mine, but I think I think Joe's is probably going to be the best option because it's the most inclusive. Yeah. You know? Everybody's eyes get weary. And and everybody's get back. It's tight. Yeah. And everybody is sitting. Well, we had to modify to say the, the ben, Franklin ben Franklin Bridge, yeah. or the Betsy Ross Bridge yeah. tonight. Yeah. Something. Well, yeah, Walt Whitman Bridge tonight. Exactly. Um, and obviously, we don't care because all you want to do 
That's my chicken drive out on me. <laughs> Perfectly. Well, that's well said. All right. So we're going to um, wrap this up, but I want to ask one more fun question here. Uh, we're, we're safely nestled into the third period now of this horrifically terrible game. So hopefully this cheers you up from a terrible start to the flyer season. I want um, you guys to name your favorite obscure flyer. It doesn't have to be your favorite flyer or your, um, you know, your, you know, maybe like a player that you always liked growing up. It just has to be an obscure flyer that you feel like no one's going to necessarily remember or be able to pull from. And we're going to start this one with Dan because he's usually pretty good at it. And I don't, I know he doesn't want us to take any of his. So instead of having him cry on the podcast, we'll, we'll start with him. This is a tough one because I feel like some of the obscure guys I was going to name, whether it be, you know, like Sean Podine or something, aren't obscure enough. So John Druce, number 26. Literally don't remember anything that he ever did, but John Drews is my favorite obscure flyer. Maybe, and I can't say Dan McGillis either, even though I had a Dan McGillis jersey, um, which is unfortunate. You know, it's, you know, Sean Antosky. You won, Dan. Sorry, 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 John Drews. John Drews. Joe. Uh, Yeah, I I think everybody's had their fair share of bad jerseys. Um, I had a Roman Czechmonic jersey as a kid, Uh, the Cranium Carom Master. but he wouldn't be my favorite for, uh, obscure flyer. It would have to be probably Patrick Thorson, uh, who literally busted a testicle, uh, literally busted busted a nut on the ice uh, for our family, for our family uh, on the ice. Uh, so yeah, Patrick Thorson gave the ultimate um, the ultimate sacrifice, uh, giving up his balls uh, for our team. So way to go, Patrick. Thank you. He gets it. He gets it. He does. I'm gonna go with Yuri Dopita. Yeah, yeah, and if I remember correctly, didn't who was did he score four goals in a game? Was that him? Yeah, I guess the Thrasher. Yeah, so so he actually had a really good game at one point. Yuri Dopita, <laughs> one good game, but that's better than Andy McDonald can say, and he's paid way more. So yeah. Yuri Dopita is mine, and if anybody out there listening to this has a Euro, Yuri Dopita jersey, this podcast will give you twenty five dollars <laughs> and in my own money. I promise you right now, if you can produce a Yuri Dopita jersey, there is no questions asked. All right. You got the final one here. It's on you. All right. You got to wrap it up strong. All right. So I had a couple candidates in mind. Um, I, the, my first thought was uh, actually Danny Markov, who uh, was a, like maybe the least skilled Russian hockey player to ever play in the NHL. But man, he absolutely just murdered people for a couple of seasons on the blue line there. But I ultimately went back um, to my favorite name that's ever been on the Flyers. And that is Bronco Radovojevic. Number nineteen had one of the great one of the great first name last name combinations, um, and I, he was like hyped up. He was like a first round pick by the Carolina Hurt Coyotes. They got him in a trade. I don't even know who they got him in a trade for, but he was like pretty hyped up. He was like, "Oh, this like skill, you're a winger." He didn't do anything. Um, yeah, he. I think he had like 20 points in his one season with the Flyers and then went back to Europe and never heard from them again. Yeah. But uh, great name, great jersey, Branko Vadovojevic. That's great. That was actually, that was a really good finish. Yeah, was a good finish. So this was fun. I'm glad. I'm, I, I like that this, that we get to kind of hang out and while we're watching the Flyers and, and drinking beverages. Um, oh, they almost scored you guys. It would have been really exciting if we all got the cheer on the podcast, but no can do. Um it was fun. It was fun to be able to kind of bring something a little bit different. And that's what I kind of hope we keep doing. Um, so if there's any suggestions or anything that you guys want us to, to, you know, cover, reach out to us on Twitter, reach out to Dr. Pizza on Twitter, whatever you guys need to do. Um, but that'll do it for me. Uh, 
for the number one hockey cast. It was a lot of fun. So we'll end it right here. Outro music. <laughs> Listen to JJ call it. Listen to our shitty goal song. He's going to tap for the puck a couple of different times. He does not receive it. So he heads to the front of the net and does a nice job of redirecting that shot from Grover. Sexy mitts, dude. Sexy mitts from Travis Konechny. We're going to come back and win this game, and we might even record afterwards if we do. Who knows? And the Flyers win the game. Come all the way back from 3 nothing down. Why is the goal horn not playing? Emergency podcast upcoming as Jake Voracek waits, 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 and elevates for the game winner over the previously undefeated Anders Nilsson. Fuck him. Fuck him hard. Well, we got to give you guys a, a follow-up portion, a very special second half of the podcast after the Flyers came back and beat the Sabres in a shootout, which I mean, like, literally is a unicorn of hockey. Yeah. Um, you know, and, we, and, and all credit to us, we did predict this during the podcast that the Flyers would come back. Uh, it was great because, you know, you, you, can, you can replay the tape. Whether or not we were serious doesn't matter because we're correct. So in honor of the Flyers' big comeback win and uh, – over and shootout win over the Buffalo Sabres, the fantastic Buffalo Sabres, a really hard-earned victory by the Flyers over an elite team. We uh, we want to uh, come up with some some solutions to overtime. How would we how we would make it better? Uh, feel free to chime in as well, whether on Twitter or just by sending us voice voice notes. I guess I don't know how you do it with this. So anyway, uh, I'm going to start. I think that instead of three three on three, overtime should be seven on seven. Just have as many players as possible on the ice for five minutes and see what happens. You know, it's never been tried before, and uh, that, that's mine. So Joe's up next. Uh, my solution uh, to the overtime conundrum, um, both teams play four on three, whoever scores a goal in the shortest amount of time. So both teams get a chance. It's like uh, college football rules. Both teams get a chance. Whoever scores a goal in the shortest amount of time wins the game. Uh, so you're guaranteed to have a winner. No goddamn bullshit shootout. Uh, if you score in two seconds, you win. If you score in 20 minutes, uh, you get kicked out of the league. <laughs> All right. So I want to do a cascading effect. So it's three two-minute uh, sets of overtime. So it's four, four on four, three v three, two v two. After that, it's continuous three v three. No power plays. Immediate penalty shot for any penalty taken mm. is what I would do. And, and also the Flyers uh, are, and this is obviously something that would have to come from the league, but they win every overtime yeah. game. Yeah. And they don't, yeah. they, they can play it, but whoever scores the Flyers, the ref will always point to the Flyers and the Flyers have won the game and then also will win the Stanley Cup. So really excited to get the Flyers uh, single shootout victory of the year out of the way before the calendar even turns to November. So, so congratulations to everyone. Um, great job, uh, Flyers. Um, so I think the way to fix overtime for me coming from my lacrosse background is get rid of the goalies entirely and just put shooting targets on the goal. And um, whoever scores more goals in five minutes of three on three wins. And 
then um, if there's no winner after five minutes of three on three, it's one on one, one on one Braveheart. No changes, no changes. until somebody <laughs> until no so until somebody scores. Uh, so yeah, five minutes three on three, and then just a Braveheart until the end. Did you guys like that humble brag from Ben about how he played? lacrosse in college for a little bit that was pretty cool no one else here was an athlete in college i played for jewish high school baseball and basketball that's my claim to fame joe never did anything athletic neither joe joe played baseball jason never did anything athletic i did baseball basketball hockey and soccer we're incredibly athletic you get out of my house (laughs) let the record let the record show that the three of us played baseball and consider it a sport so also another rule for me uh, for overtime to make overtime better aside from seven on seven is that Andrew McDonald is not allowed to play ever yeah. in yeah, overtime. Yeah. He was out there willingly for like yeah. in, on the first puck for, for the first shift, which is insane. And we immediately turned the puck over. So uh, no Andrew McDonald ever in overtime. That's a rules, uh, you know, given by the NHL. They send it down to all the teams, uh, whoever has Andrew McDonald at the time, unless they're playing the Flyers. Aside from that, I think that's that's pretty good. I think we gave some really good. Um, some really good suggestions. Mine was the best, which is cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we just want to be able to send you guys off tonight on a really special Flyers oh, shootout God. victory. They yeah, came fun. back. Yeah. It was kind of reminiscent of almost like that Blue Jackets game because you knew the, the Sabres aren't good, yeah. and you had a chance. It was a – if they had scored that fourth goal, it was going to be over, but you kind of were like, okay, they have a chance, and then they really just took it to them in the third period. I don't know how many shots they had, like 20 or something. But, uh, Nielsen. Uh, yeah. So Nielsen had 38 saves, aka Dominic Hasek. So what, 41 yeah. shots on goal? Uh-huh. Yeah, I, can we they, just, had, they had 22 then. What the hell is with for since I was like two years old, the Flyers will play, you know, Rob Wilson in that, and he'll be Dominic Hasek. He'll be the best goalie ever. That goalie for the Sabers will have a 6.41 save percentage for the rest of the year. <laughs> he'll be in the AHL tomorrow. It's it's it honestly hurts. My Only called up to play the Flyers too. Which is why my new overtime rules guarantee Flyer victories. <laughs> None of yours did. I just want to put that out. The Flyers could lose in all of this. This is this is the Flyers podcast. You guys are all garbage. You guys are are being Carchides right now. And what I really love about that is uh, anytime a random goalie comes up and just shuts out the Flyers. Anytime the Flyers need a goalie for any reason, it's disaster and tears. <laughs> Um, which has pretty much been the entire history of the Philadelphia Flyers until Steve Mason showed up. Um, but yeah, that love the sort of, uh, you know, just the, the weird, the weird, uh, goalie voodoo here. Shout out Steve Mason, by the way, coming in today. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Momentum, who gives a shit? Like he played amazingly well. He made some Again. big saves and just saved the team. So just in case you thought that there was a goalie controversy, quote unquote. There's Rebound not. Control was there. Rebound control was great. Sorry, he made all the saves. Yeah, he made all the saves in overtime. Steve Mason for team MVP through the first week, maybe. You know, we have a new we have a new uh, new yeah, candidate. Sorry. But uh, so so yeah, thanks for sticking with us for episode two. It's been awesome. We're out. We'll see you again in two weeks. You know, maybe. Peace. Outro music.